Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. Well, Merry Christmas to you. So Noel, um, that word, it's French, it means Christmas, right? And if you look in the etymology, look in the meaning of the word there, um, it actually likely, the root of it is birth or maybe even news. And so that old hymn, the first Noel, the first Noel, the angels did say. So the first news, the first Christmas that the angels talked about was to certain poor shepherds in fields where they lay. So to bolster them up and to encourage them. And in the book of Luke, we've got just three rapid fire first Noels, first time that the news comes, the first Christmas comes, and people hear about it. And the first one's Mary. And Gabriel appears to her and says, you're going to have a child And he's going to come and his kingdom will never end. And then the angels, they appear to the shepherds. And the shepherds say, I I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. And they get the first Noel. And then the third time we see uh, Simeon, who's an old temple worker. And he's been serving God in the temple for years and years, waiting and waiting and waiting for this news. And then Joseph and Mary take Jesus into the temple to be dedicated. And the Holy Spirit tells Simeon, that's the one. That's the one we've been waiting for. And he comes, he's just so excited. And ah, my salvation, my eyes have seen the salvation. So what was the Noel? What was the news? Well, Linus told us, right? Unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's the good news, a savior. Scripture also calls Jesus Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So God came from heaven to be with us, to die for us, to die for our sins, to pay the sacrifice so that we could be with him. The savior who is God's answer for us. His answer to the groaning of this world. Romans 8 says that that all creation is just groaning and waiting to be redeemed. For God to do something about this. A savior for all the brokenness that's inside of you and inside of me. All the brokenness in this world. All the chaos. There's so much chaos in the world. And the savior came to solve the problem. Because the problem actually isn't politics. The problem isn't actually like, well, my perspective on this or your perspective on this. The problem actually is sin. That's our problem. And it starts with our own selfishness. Our own hearts that have to have our way. It's the sin of our dark thinking in our own minds, these thoughts that we hold on to that lead to broken lives and broken living. It's the hurt relationships that we have caused. The hurtful things that have been done to us. It's the distance between God and us. It's the distance between us and others. And I think if there's one thing every single one of us would agree on right now is things are not quite as they should be. That something's not quite right. And the problem is sin. And a savior was born to make us right. A savior was born to deal with our sins. And there's three things that those three different groups, the different people did when they heard that first Noel. And the shepherds said, well, let's go check it out. Let's go see. 
Let's see what these angels have told us about. And they went and they found it's all exactly like they said. There's Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And because of that good news, they said, well, let's now go tell everybody. And they told, told the whole town. And then Mary, she does a different thing. She comes and just has this pure, beautiful faith where she says, I don't completely understand what you're saying. I don't get it all. I can't put all the pieces together, but okay, may it be to me as you have said. And then Simeon rejoices and praises God, relieved, overjoyed. Finally, my eyes have seen the salvation. Finally, what I've been waiting for. So that's three responses to the first Noel. And the question that I have for you on this Christmas Eve is what have you done or what will you do with the first Noel? What is your response to the news of Jesus and what he's done in our lives? If you, hear, uh, if you were here last weekend, we had a, a missionary who came and just talked for just a few minutes, Yiji. And Yiji, he serves over in, at Denver University and he's reaching out to uh, Chinese students primarily because he's from China. And he was talking about how he was sharing the gospel with a woman who'd never heard the gospel before. And she wanted to come to Christ, but she had a question to Yiji. And she said, Yiji, if I give my heart to Jesus, will he change my life? And now most of the people who stand here where I am, we kind of like to soft pedal that one. Well, a little bit. Yeah, there's going to be some differences there, but you know, you can, you keep your personality, right? But usually he gave the right answer and he said, yeah, yeah, you better believe that Jesus is going to change your life. In fact, that's the whole point. That's why he came to change everything See, God didn't come to heaven to just kind of be like a little piece, you know, kind of fit into your already busy life. He, Jesus didn't come to all this work, coming from his place of glory down to this earth, suffering at the hands of his own creation, being crucified, dying, buried, and raising again. He didn't go through all of that just to kind of complement our otherwise enjoyable lives or kind of bring us up maybe a notch or two to make us a little more fulfilled. Jesus came to change everything everything. And the first change and the greatest change is he came for you and I to have eternal life. And if eternal life doesn't change everything, it's because we don't understand what eternal life really is. See, most of us think, well, eternal life is now I get to go to heaven. But actually, that's not eternal life. That's actually where eternal life takes place. That's where it happens. But Jesus tells us what eternal life is. In John 17, he explains it, and he's actually praying in, in John 17, 1. It says, after Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and he prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. So Jesus is saying, okay, I'm about to go to the cross. I'm here to complete my mission, which is to die for the sins of the world so they may be with me. And then in verse two tells us, for you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. And here's the answer. Now this, this is what Jesus says. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus came so that we could have eternal life. And eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus. And I want you to understand that eternal life is right now. It's this moment. 
And yes, it goes on forever. And yes, it goes into heaven. And yes, heaven is better than you could possibly imagine. And it's much preferable than here. And there won't be tears and it will all make sense and you'll understand. But eternal life starts right now. This is the moment. This first Noel and the way that we respond to it that changes everything. And the main thing is that you and I now can have a relationship with our creator. Now, you've heard it before. You've heard someone say that Christianity, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, right? That's true. But I think we say it so much that it just doesn't even mean anything anymore. It's like, hi, how are you? I'm fine. It doesn't mean anything. It's kind of like um, the Broncos need a new quarterback. Of course they do. We say that so often over and over and over again, right? But Jesus says something else here in verse 20. He helps us understand what this relationship rather than religion is. In verse 20, he says, my prayer. So he's continuing this prayer. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone. So it's not just for the disciples. But I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's you and me. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So that we can know him, that we could be with him, that we could be one in him, always with him, continually changed by him. That is eternal life. That's what Jesus came to give us. See, I think a number of you have heard before, I know I've heard before, this whole idea of, well, be good, and then you go to heaven. And the question I have with that is, what's good? What's good enough? Are you good? Am I really good? You know, I ran across an article and it ranked um, the respect and trustworthiness of different professions. And I've been watching it for a little while and every year pastors goes down just a little bit more. And so pastors, we are now um, number 10 in terms of trustworthy and respect. In fact, we are equal. We are right next to auto mechanics. That's how you think of me. Pastors and auto mechanics now, right? Do you know what number one is? Do you have any nurses here? The nurses? You're number one. We trust you more than anything else right now. Yeah. Give them a little clap. Do you know what uh, very last on the list is? You won't be surprised. Members of Congress are very last, right? <laughs> All right. So am I good compared to an auto mechanic? Am I better than a nurse? Am I better than or worse than a member of Congress? And if you have to be good to go to heaven, how bad do you have to be to not go? Where's the line? So I think a lot of us have changed that. I think, oh, it's not be good. I think a lot of us say now, no, 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 it's not good. It's be sincere. Really mean it. Be sincere and you'll go to heaven. But here's the problem with this. We can be very, very sincere about things that are very, very wrong. Let me give you an example. A terrorist, very, very sincere, very horribly, horribly wrong. So it's not just be sincere. It's be sincere about the truth. And so what we know from the word of God is believe in Jesus, go to heaven. And it's true, but listen, it is, eternal life is so much bigger. Emmanuel, God with us to be in relationship, communion, connection with him. 
through Jesus to start a relationship with God that begins right now and it goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. And Jesus saves us from our sin, from our darkness and those things that we can't fix and the things that you said that you wish you could take back, but you can't. And the things that you've done that when you think about them, you don't want to think about them because they make you feel ashamed. And Jesus comes and he sets you free and he cleanses you from every single one of those. But it's not just so he can kind of pat us on the head and we can be okay and he could say, all right, you could get in now. I'll let you in because you believe in me. It's so we can know him, so we can love him, so we can be with our God. And he changes everything. And no, not a new personality, but a new heart transformation in the way we live. See, as we come to Jesus, our blinders come off and they start to peel back because you cannot really see God. You can't understand God. You can't know God except through Jesus. And you come to Jesus and you begin to see God for who he really is and what he really does and what he really had in mind from you from the very beginning when he thought of you, before he started creation, he thought of you. And you and I, we don't become better than everyone else. We become closer to God than we used to be. That's eternal life. Will Jesus change my life? Oh, more than you can imagine. Better than you possibly could have dreamed. And some of you right now, maybe you are ready to be changed. You're like, this is not working. I have messed my life up enough. I have tried and I am not going the right way and I am looking for some help outside of myself and this connection with God, I am hungry for that. And maybe, maybe some of you, you're just wondering like, well, what's it gonna cost? You said there's a price, what is that price? You know, it reminds me of uh, just a couple weeks back, I was over at Alpine Bank and I had just gone in and I, I had gotten a check from uh, someone gave me a gift for doing a, a funeral or a wedding. And, and so I cashed that check and I'm sitting in my truck and uh, I had three $50 bills, it was $150. As I'm sitting in my truck, I look next to me and there's a car. And as I look at the car, I can tell, it's absolutely clear to me that this couple lives inside of this car. And there's all this stuff just piled in the back seat. And there's a little girl in the back seat. And I mean, there is just enough room with all the stuff back there for her to sit. And I'm looking at my $150. And I feel like God says, give him one of those 50s. And I said, well, I kind of had a plan for these. And so I prayed for her, you know, Lord, if you want me to, I will. But I need to know if you really want me to. Did you ever do that one? I just really want to know. Give him the $50. So uh, I'm sitting there and um, the dad comes back and he gets in the car and all I hear him say is something like, uh, they won't give it to me. And so I get out of my car and I'm looking at this guy and he's a little rough. I mean, he's tough. And I could just tell, I mean, it just took a glance. Like if he and I had a problem, he would win quickly. <laughs> And so I knocked on his window, and he looked down kind of suspicious, and I, I just said, um, here. I said, God told me to give you this, and I just want you to know that Jesus loves you and that Jesus thinks about you, and that he, he wants you to know, so he told me to give this to you. And have you ever seen a really tough guy cry? It's kind of funny. It's like a squirrel's running around on the inside of their mouth, and he's kind of like, And he starts weeping. 
And I look over and his wife is weeping. And I look back and I see the little girl and she's not weeping, but my heart starts to leap there because I thought, wow, she saw me say, Jesus loves you. She heard Jesus is watching out for me. She saw it in action. And I got my truck and I drove away and what did it cost me? You know, my only regret, my only regret from that moment is that I didn't give it all to him. I wish I would have given him all 150 after that. I mean, this is the best spent $50 in my entire life. What will it cost us? What does it cost us to come to Jesus? Well, there's a cost. Here's the cost. We don't get to do just whatever we want. The cost is that we're no longer in charge. That actually we're looking to him and we're following him and we're doing his plan, his way. And we say, we're going to be done with the old way and we're going to go towards you. And it's not problem-free, it's not pain-free, it's not even easier. But listen, it is so much better. Because we come and we give him that, okay, you're in charge. And he gives us a deeper purpose for our lives. Where we are more of ourselves than we ever could have imagined. And we start to see that in all these things, there's a plan and a purpose. And he's working and he's bringing us somewhere. And there's something bigger than us that we get to be a part of it. And yes, much of that is heaven. It's eternal life right now. And we get to participate with him in that. And see, we say, you're Lord. I'm no longer Lord. And it brings peace. Peace with God. Peace with ourselves. You know what? Peace in this chaotic world. As things go crazy around us, we're like, we know who's in control. I know who I belong to. I know who's in charge. We put it down and we say, you're the Lord. And then he gives us freedom and there's joy and there's life and there's hope. And we pay that price of, okay, I'll do it your way. I submit to you, Lord. I look to you. And then he comes and he brings real change. Not that kind of change where you're just like, okay, I'll try not to say that anymore. But change where your heart doesn't want to do it. Change when you actually start to love people like you've never loved them before. Change when your heart starts to reflect his heart. And so if you really give your heart to Jesus, if you come before him and say, yes, I will follow you, it's like my $50. Because in the end, you'll see him face to face. And when you receive your reward, the one thing that you might say is, oh, if I only could have given you more. If only I, I, I could have just shown it in a bigger way. I think that would be our only regret. And if you decide not to give your life to Jesus at that moment when you see him face to face, I think the one thing you'll say is, oh, if I only would have given him that one little thing. But do you know what my favorite part of the changes that he brings? My favorite part right now is just learning the new depths of who he is. Ah, oh, so much grace. I mean, he's so gentle. You know, he's working and challenging and changing, but he does it at a pace that I can handle and he just brings me along and never condemning, but often convicting and encouraging and strengthening and, and changing. And, and so what I do is I learn to surrender and I put down my fear and I learn to put down my judgments and I put down my anger and I put my, my darkness and instead he hands me hope and life and joy. One of the apostles, uh, Philip, he goes to Jesus, he says, Jesus, just show us the Father, and that'll be enough if you just show us the Father. And, and Jesus says, Philip, don't you get it? You don't understand yet? That if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
and the Father are one. And so we come and we get to know Jesus in his word. We come to understand who he is and we get to know our creator and we understand that Jesus is God with us. And Jesus, I just love learning about Jesus. He's so full of truth and he's so ready to give grace and he doesn't play around and he doesn't go soft on lies and deception and he doesn't just like kind of hold with kid gloves and he just cuts to the marrow but at the same time he's always merciful and he's always kind and he always receives anyone who'll turn to him and put their faith in them and look to them always ready to bring you in and you look at what he says and he always has the right answer and the right focus and the right response and he gets us off of ourselves, and he gets us off of the things of the world and he gets us onto the things that really matter But here's my favorite part of that. The thing I'm just so thankful for is that I just keep falling deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. And the more I get to know him, the more I love him and the more I adore him. He's just so good. And little by little, little by little, as I fall deeper in love with him, I become a little bit more like him. And those of you who know me, you might say, well, you're not very much like him at all. And I would just say, well, you should have seen me when I got started. I've come a long way from there. So here's my question. Where I started, how will you respond to the first Noel? And if you're already a follower of Jesus, if you decided that he is my Lord and I'm going after him, well, this Christmas, my encouragement to you is go deeper. Go after his heart. Give him more. Come to know him more. See how great and majestic and beautiful he is and let him transform who you are. And if not, then I want to encourage you to maybe you'll come to him like Mary and you're like, I don't know. I don't don't understand why some of those Christians are like this and I don't understand. Listen, it's not about them. It's about him. And just come to him and say, okay, Jesus, I don't get it all, but may it be as you said. Or maybe come to him like Simeon and say, oh, finally, okay, I embrace you for all you are. I accept it with joy. So I want to give you a chance right now to give your heart and to give your life to Jesus. And the way I'm going to do this is because I just think this is a moment between you and God. Nobody else has to be part of this right now. And other people can be part of it later. But right now, I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes. And if that's you, and if you say, I want to be a follower of Jesus, I want to have a relationship with Jesus, maybe some of you just need to rededicate your life. You've been there before, but it feels like he's miles away right now. And you'd say, yeah, that's me. I just want to give everything to Jesus again or for the first time. I admit that I have sin, and then I just want to turn, and I want to do it his way, and I want his transformation, and I want that walk with him that's so close, that's so deep, that's everything. If that's you, I'm just, why everybody has their eyes closed, just lift up your hand right now. Just lift it up high. That's your way to tell God, that's what I want. Okay, we're going to bring some Bibles to you. You just keep your hand up. And once they put a Bible by you, you can just, uh, and there's actually a gift, a book that I wrote called My First 30 Days with Jesus. We're going to give you two. So go ahead. There's a whole bunch up here up front. There's a whole bunch right up here, Bill. Just keep your hands up until that gets set next to you. Right up here in the very front, please, Bill. Right here. Whole bunch over here. Right in front of me, Anthony, thanks. There's two over here, Calvin. Right in front of the sound booth here. Right there, Bill, those two. Yeah, right right there. Okay, I think we just about got it. Okay. 
All right, if you, you guys can open your eyes now. If you, didn't, um, if you didn't get a Bible and you had your hand up, we've got just a bunch of them. They're right there by those windows back there. And so just grab one on your way out. And what I want to do is I want to help you get started. Now, this is just the first step. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to ask Jesus into our hearts. We're going to begin with a prayer by just saying, okay, Jesus, I receive you. And I want you to understand that this is the beginning. This is the start to the long journey. It's the start that changes everything. In fact, the moment you give your life to Jesus, he says, okay, you're my child. You belong to me. And he fills you with his Holy Spirit and guides you. And just continue to change and grow and move forward. So I want you, you can pray out loud. You can pray to yourself. It doesn't matter to me, but I'm just going to lead you in this prayer to start, okay? So let's just pray this. Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I turn from going my way and I want to start going your way. And I ask for your forgiveness. And Jesus, I give you my life. I ask that you would come into my heart. From this day forward, I will follow you. From this day forward, you're my Lord. From this day forward, I enter in to eternal life. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for all those people who have said yes to eternal life. And I ask you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. God, that you would strengthen them, encourage them, help them walk this out and walk forward in this. Don't let the enemy take away, take away what's been started right now in Jesus' name. And I ask you to give them courage, to give them strength, and give them the friends and the help they need to walk forward in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So now, if you have a little Bible that was set next to you, you'll notice there's a little card that's on top of it. And what I would like to ask of you is that you would fill that card out and that you would uh, turn it in over there, over by the fireplace. And we actually have another little gift for you. And that gift was so nice, I considered rededicating my life because I wanted one too, but I decided not to. So anyway, you can take that card and you can uh, just turn that in. And all that is, is that it's going to give us a chance. We're going to ask you, how can we pray for you? How can we care for you? Is there any way for us to help you? And we want to help you move into this journey for walking with God, okay? So if you would turn that uh, little card in. So this is the great news, that the child has come, the one who has promised from the very beginning, when we fell into sin, Jesus pro- or God promised that he would send his son. The Savior has come, this child who makes us right with God, the King of kings, who brings salvation to us, that God came to be with us, that he died for our sin so that we can have eternal life with him forever and ever and ever. So let's stand up and let's praise him together. I'll pray for you as we do that. Lord God, I just thank you for what you've done. I thank you, Lord, the great extent, the great lengths that you went to, to bring us to you. And that, Jesus, you would humble yourself, even though you are in the form of God, to to come and, and take on the form of a man, Lord that you came as a child even though you are the king of kings and the lord of lords and god we worship you and we thank you we thank you that you've come to change us and you've come to change everything and that you've come to have life so that we may have it to the full in jesus name amen thank you so much for being with us i hope that god spoke to you we would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can so come visit us at gracemontrose.org say hello Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.